0: Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here today. And as we bring another great conversation with another great coach I've just been fortunate to meet. i got the privilege of meeting head coach at Pickens High School in Jasper, Georgia, Adam Williams. Coach Williams, uh, his fourth year. At Pickens High School. Last season, from the shortened COVID season, they were 13 and 2. Um, and just from the talks that we've had, just an incredible bunch of kids that he had. And um, looks on, they were on, on their way to doing some great things late into the season. Uh, but unfortunately, things were cut short. But uh, it's his 19th year overall teaching and coaching. He spent 15 years prior to pick at Cass High School. It's in Cartersville, Georgia. Uh, the last five years he was in Cass, he was the head coach there. They During his time there, they were to host the first home playoff game that they've had there in 30 years at Cass. He's also the 17U Nelson Baseball School manager. In 2019, they were top 40 in the country, as well as fifth in the southeast. Um little time that I got to know Coach, Coach Williams, I'm sure we're going to talk much more, um, just an absolutely incredible man, um, been privileged and fortunate to meet him and you'll hear through the conversation that um, it's funny when you get around someone that talks your language and someone you admire and someone you appreciate the conversation, how the conversation flows and uh, we had a great conversation and he pulls out some Great things that I think can be applied at any level. Any level. And um, uh, Coach Williams is just a dude. And I want to get into this conversation and hopefully enjoy it. And uh, can't thank Coach Williams enough. And and, uh, can't wait for our next conversation. So I know you enjoy it. I enjoy it. Make sure you have your notes ready. I had mine, I had plenty of notes written out, and I have them uh, in my show notes on Pie Bean. And so um, without further ado, I just want to get into it again. Thanks, Coach Williams, for this opportunity. It was awesome. I can't wait to do it again, man. And uh, enjoy this dude. This guy guy is a dude, and he talks about his dude shirts, and it's incredible. So head coach, Pickens High School, Jasper, Georgia, Adam Williams.
1: We actually put more kids back in the rec department. We uh, partnered with the REC and created what we call feeder teams. Sure. These are the upcoming kids for the uh, high school team. Right. Basically, we just created a glorified travel team, but I made them pay half the REC fee so that we can use the uh, REC to practice at. Sure. So we took kids who were going off to other places to be on travel teams. We got a dad to coach them on a travel team. And they stay up here. They play together with kids in their class. Mm-hmm. The goal is just keep them together till the seventh grade. When We get them in the seventh grade, then we can put them on the middle school team, and bring them up from there. And what I'm excited about right now is my freshmen that are currently incoming freshmen are my first class of feeder team kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have a class of 13 freshmen. So uh, it helps. Yeah, was wise. I'm going to start saying so I should have a class of 13. A class of twelve, another class of twelve, and perhaps a class of about eight come through. So my numbers should go up pretty good, my quality of ballplayers should go up. So hopefully, in when this freshman class comes through, I kind of get to the point where I just reload. Yeah, that's
0: great. So you guys have middle school baseball. So that's something that you guys have in Georgia. How and so that is that sanctioned through your state? Uh, we
1: don't have. It's something that a few schools do. We're we I'm the lucky ones to have it. Uh, it's not sanctioned through the state. We, You can see uh, I work in the mountains. We yeah. have a mountain school league. Uh, there's about 12 teams, 12 schools in the mountains that, that do it. And then we have a little mountain school league. It's kind of like the play, it like the SEC regular season. You know, you play everybody on your side twice, everybody on the other side once. Okay. Uh, They have a little tournament at the end. So, they're going to get 18 games and then That's from cool. some of them, they then they go travel with their travel teams in the summer. Right. Right. Yeah. So how, do, but, how does that,
0: how does that, how does that, um, does that, does that conflict with you guys at all in the spring? Like you ever get a chance to see those guys?
1: I play one Saturday in the spring and I personally, like I have people wanting to play Saturdays all the time mm-hmm. at the junior high level, but I don't because I want those kids to go play on their travel teams. I mean, just be honest with you. They can, they come play with me. We play for the name on the front, you know, some of them go and they're going to play on travel baseball teams on the weekend where they see way better competition. So I'm not going to take them out of that. Uh, we have a, we really stress communication with the parents about the the pitching, you know, sure. That we ask for priority till it's over. Then you can go pitch more with your travel team. But, uh, you know, we ask – that way we keep bullets in arms and that type of thing. So, you know, we, we want to keep their innings down. Uh, but for the most part, man, small town Georgia, you know, a uh, lot of pride, their school team comes first. And that's really, really nice about where I'm at. Yeah. With a lot of priority on how the school performs. You know, travel baseball is something to do. It's an ends to a means.
0: Uh, school is where they take some pride in. Mm-hmm they're on back. Nice thing. That's right. That's where the power of the t-shirt comes in, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: you know, when it comes to the t-shirt, we've always like did the t-shirt hanging in the dugout with the number on the back. And okay. say, Win this game. And if you won the game, we gave the t-shirt out, uh to the player of the game. And so, you know, it was whatever. You had kids walking around with uh uh a different t-shirt than everybody else but it was just another school shirt you know and so instead of doing the win this game uh i, I decided that we needed something to kind of create an identity for us like let us set us apart for the baseball team and so we created the this whole concept of be a dude you know because i say the word dude all the time is really yeah. not. Special behind it. There's no like hidden acronym or anything. I just like, are you a dude? All right,
0: I'm the same way, man. <laughs> so if we
1: came out and we said, dude, you know, uh, you're a dude, we would we, we gave them the shirt. And then you know, through growing as a coach and listening to podcasts and that kind of stuff, we kind of we we didn't want them. We didn't want it to be about them. We wanted it to be about the other people on the team. And so we made them give that shirt to somebody else on the team. And it, it made them think about what else somebody did to help us win. I think it made them start thinking about the uh, details of the game, the small things that people do that can help a team win. Uh, and it just kind of made it about each other and not necessarily about ourselves. And so I, I think that's the biggest thing. So it's really not necessarily it's the, the T-shirt. It's the thought process that goes into the next level of the T-shirt when they have to give it to somebody else. Yeah. So that's that's the important part of the t-shirt, and then on, on the other thing is is like you mentioned earlier, get the good t-shirts, man. Don't don't skimp on a t-shirt. Put them in something nice. Put them in a t-shirt that's soft, that's comfortable, that fits them, and it's you know it's not too boxy. You know they want to wear it. Let them show the muscles off what they've been doing in the weight room. Uh, so the t-shirt, uh, you know, it's it's a motivator in the fact that you want to be the guy who gets it, you want to be the guy who performs, you want to be the dude in the game, but then you have to be the dude for the team and you turn around and give that thing up to somebody else who, who, you know, might have gotten a bunt down or took an extra base or some something like that that uh helped the team win, put us in a position to be better at the end than we were at the beginning. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and it seems it seems like, uh, like for that, like you said, it is, it is the next level of like, that's just the next part of it. You know, and I know that you've only been at, at Pickens for a while. Is that something too, as you're trying to just build the culture there is what you've wanted to kind of say, here's our, here is our identity here at Pickens.
1: You know, uh, I tell my kids every practice, how special they are, that, that not everybody can do what we do. You know, not everybody can be a baseball player. So if you come out here and, and and you commit to us, you commit to the team, commit to the uh, uh, work that we're going to ask you to put in, then, then you're a dude. You're different. You were you were set apart, and so that's kind of like the whole concept of the of the dude is like really everybody's a dude, but I was a dude for that game. You know, we're just trying to build a, a culture of kids that believe they can go and do anything. Mm-hmm. We, we push them hard at practice. We, we demand a lot of them. You know, we, uh, we got shut down today. We went virtual, but we finished baseball. You know, we didn't go home. You know, we had stuff to do. So right. we got our workout in. We uh, took care of a couple of things we had to do on the field and we got right back at it. And uh, I fully expect my kids over uh, this break will get together on their own somewhere in the community and get work in because that's just, just what they do. We break down every workout and every practice uh, with the saying hard work pays off. You know, it, I want my kids to believe that if they come and they put the time in, they punch that clock enough that there's going to be a reward at the end. And so uh, being a dude isn't about going out and hitting three run home runs. It's about committing, coming to work every day and learning that
0: uh, working hard is going to get you somewhere in life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it, it sounds, it's like, so you talk about hard work and then given the t-shirt like says, yes, I earned, it had a great day, but I'm going to give that to somebody else. It sounds like you've got two big pillars in your program. Is that something you talk about a lot, like being selfish or being a good teammate or recognizing what someone else had done, being humble as well as hard work. Is there, are there, do, you, do you have those pillars or those core values?
1: Well, absolutely. You know, we got to set of core values. Uh, one of the first things I did was I, I interviewed the community, the teachers, the players. We asked what makes a successful Dragon. And we came up with a set of core values and we call it the Dragon DNA. When uh, you gotta be dedicated, uh, you gotta work hard, it, your family, toughness, confidence, uh, discipline and being uncommon. And I think this whole idea of uh, giving this t-shirt up to somebody else, we really stressed that idea of family You know, make sure that you're taking care of your brother that's working hard for me. And it's also different. You know, we want kids that are different. We want kids that are uncommon. We want social rebels. We want kids that uh, aren't going to go with societal norms. They're going to break away. You know, we live in a society where we want instant gratification. But this is not the game for that. So you've got to put in that work. You've got to put in that time. You've got to be a little different in order to be successful in our program.
0: Mm. That was big time. That's big time, very <laughs> dumb. That's big time coming out hot, coming out hot, loving it, man. That's absolutely so you, so. you actually went as far as also interviewing beyond the players, people in the community about what it meant.
1: Absolutely, uh, we're one school county, there's a lot of pride in our county. Uh, I want as many people to felt like they had an input into the direction of the program when we got there. Uh, I wanted the community to to have a say. Uh, And it was just as simple as creating a Google form and putting it out on social media. Uh, One of the things I learned here is that social media, you got a lot of response. So if you put something out, you got a lot of interaction, a lot of likes and retweets and that type of thing. And so when we put it out, we got instant response. We had, but with that, we also had a lot of alumni who were grateful that we were asking for their help. We had a lot of people in the community that were we're grateful that we asked for input Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that it's kind of helped us with our sign sponsorship. It's helped us with our presence and it's helped us with our reach inside the community. Uh, knowing that these people had a little bit of input and also inside the school building, you know, you finally had teachers actually interacting with an athletic program and they wanted, you know, now they got to give, give their input about what they think, you know, makes someone successful and, and hopefully they see some of this stuff, uh, in our players in the building. So, you know, we just try to hold those kids to a higher standard. Uh, ask them to sit in front. We do grade checks every other week. You know, we keep our thumb on our guys and making sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. Uh but with that being said, we have great kids, man. I cannot complain about our kids. Uh, I was talking to our weightlifting coach today and we're just blown away by the effort that our kids give in the weight room. Uh, Our kids give great effort in the classroom. You know, uh, we might not be the biggest, strongest, fastest kids, but you know, in general, the community and our kids work extremely hard and I'm extremely happy to be a part of just an environment like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh I would say, excuse me, like just even that, like for the kids to know, Hey, we had, your teachers we had these community members we had you know, again yourself all these people came together to come up with these core values there's a there's a there's there's a buy-in there man like there's also some, some, yeah, pre- and some pressure to live up to that for sure
1: ultimately the kids are going to be the ones that come up with the final say all right so you know, uh it, w- it was a really simple process you we asked on the Google form, uh, mm-hmm. a series of questions, you know, l- list some values or some character traits that, that make people successful. And then, uh, gave them a couple of weeks to fill it out. And then took those character traits and kind of categorized them. You put all the words that were the same, you put all the words that were similar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you took the kids probably a list of 20 words and you sat down and said, All right, hey, here's what. You know, the people who have a stake in your success, this is what these people think, make it successful. Let's pick the right words that, that are going to be what we are made up of. And so uh, we came up with our core values, tagged it Dragon DNA. It was kind of the time when Game of Thrones was was you know, getting, reaching the peak of its popularity. popularity. So we just uh, kind of roll with this whole Dragon DNA thing. And now it's not really, I mean, we talk about our core values every day, uh, but uh, it's the kids. It's not me talking about it anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. We do a, a thing to start practice. We call it Five to Thrive. Uh, my seniors, they have to, they start practice. They talk about uh, the quote of the day on the practice plan, we have somebody called the success hotline with Dr. Rob Gilbert. They have to mm-hmm. give a synopsis of what they said. They talk about a core value of the day. They talk about the word of the month uh, lead us to start practice. And that whole five minutes there that we do the five to thrive, it's just a, a mind switch thing. But uh, it's, it's about taking responsibility and it's talk about talking about the things that are important to
0: us and things outside of baseball that's going to make us successful. Mm, Absolutely. So, you know, and all these things are like top level, you know, leadership you're talking about the top level classroom teachers when we're facilitating and we're not doing, you know, and so how, how have you gotten to this point? Like where the kids are the ones talking about the core value of the day, the word of the month, you know, are the, like, how have you gotten to this, to this point where those kids are leading this?
1: don't think there's any uh, secret sauce to it. We just told them, this is what you're going to do. You know, this is your expectation and you're going to do it. Uh, It took about one time for them not to be prepared. And we immediately left the locker room and we got their blood flowing pretty good. And (laughs) in minutes, uh, we got it fixed and we did Five to Thrive the right way. Uh, It'll take about one time a year to fix it and it'll happen early and we'll fix it. But I mean, the expectations is, this is what you're going to do and you're going to make sure it gets done. And they they do a, they did a good job with doing it. Uh, first couple of years, like I said, once, twice, maybe. Last year, I don't know that we had one day we had to remind them as to what to do. They, they did it, uh, you know, great group of kids that kind of really, really bought into the process. Uh, mm-hmm. we, the seniors love those kids. Uh, and I think they really set the foundation for for what we're trying to build here. You know, we, we got four seniors this year, and, and they're not going to miss a beat. These four seniors will know what's expected of them day one. They see five to thrive on that practice schedule. It will be handled. They will know. They will make sure that there's five people ready to talk and talk about their thing.
0: And that five to thrive, that's, that's the Brian, game, Brian Kane stuff?
1: Uh, I man, I know he uses those words. I don't know what it is exactly. Oh, okay.
0: So that's your thing. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, I think that was like another 110 bucks and I went... <laughs> Yeah. But uh I, I you know, we came up with five things and, and that's what we rolled with. Uh, but you know, it does So are
0: they are they so they're not they're not core values. Are they not you sure your five to thrive and not necessarily core values? It's really but, taking the quote for their practice plan.
1: Well, no, no, no. They've there's five things they got to talk about. Uh okay. One of those things is the the quote, what's the quote about? Another thing is a core value of the day. So every day we rotate the core mm. values through. Another thing is the one word focus for the month, whatever we're focusing on. And then uh, they have to call the success hotline and give us a synopsis of that.
0: Mm.
1: And they uh, have to tell us what we do today to be better than we were yesterday. You know, kind of where our focus need to be, what do we need to be better on? Uh, and it usually has nothing to do with catching and throwing. It has everything to do with communicating or talking or energy or that type of thing. So the five to thrive, I, I mean, I, I took that from Brian Kane, those words, but I don't think that's exactly his program.
0: Yeah. It's like a five minute thing. I, I have it. And so again, it's, that's, it's really. I, I love how you have much more ownership of it. You know, it's not just like you just putting some in the program, you know, and just ride with someone else, you know, you have ownership of of what you're doing and I'm sure the kids have a lot more you guys get a lot more out
1: of it. No, absolutely. And our kids, I tell them, you know, you may find this kooky or corny, but this is our our time where we switch from being a high school student to becoming a baseball player. And that five minutes, we're we're changing our our mindset from, you know, whatever happened in that building to what it's time to do between these lines. A little bit about us. We were off campus for two years. Mm We were getting our new field built, and uh, so we were able to do it in the locker room. I think when we we do it now, we do it in a circle around the plate. And I think that has helped the focus, too, a little bit more, is that we're there and we're present on the baseball field. And and that has really helped kind of go ahead and make that switch from uh, being, you know, a kid that struggled on his algebra test to a kid that's ready to go play baseball. Mm -hmm. I think you got to give these kids opportunities to kind of go from uh, one area of their life to another. Oh,
0: sure. Yeah. And I think, I think just like you said, going from the locker room, putting your stuff on, going around the circle, this is just like, it's just all those different routines allow people to get out of wherever they were and get into that, to that arena, that area.
1: Yeah, It's it's a good thing, man. I, I would recommend everybody, Start. and Plus, it makes, it makes your high school kids who aren't used to talking in front of a group get up and talk in front of a group. And it kind of makes your seniors a little bit more recognizable, kind of uh, creates opportunities for them to lead because the other kids have heard them talk about, hey, here's what it means to be dedicated. Here's what it means to be disciplined. This is what it means to be a family. This is what it means when our one-word focus is attack. Like, this is what we got to do. You know, so I think, I think it helps uh when uh they get up and they have to give you know some type of uh uh personal testimony that goes with that core value. And then whenever uh Rob Gilbert comes in with some great story,
0: mm, great really story.
1: drives drives home the point, you know. And, and when and when the kid comes up and says, Hey coach, you know, this story was lit today, you know, this story uh was fire, you know, whatever they say, uh, it really helps Drive home that, hey man, these kids are listening and they're getting something out of it. They're getting motivated. Yeah,
0: man, that uh Rob Gilbert, man, that's a he does. It's great storytelling for sure. Absolutely. Oh man, that is so. So you're starting and ending the day. So at practice, so you're doing that every day. So what about game days? Is that what does that look like on game days? You guys still trying to do five to thrive on game days, or does is, is that just is it something different?
1: Uh, no, game days, a uh, little bit different. We uh, come out, usually we have to get uh, the JV practiced before the varsity guys roll in. So we kind of let them take their time coming in. But we do have some meeting. Uh, I have done five to thrive before, but it's not a, a, an every every game thing. Uh, mainly game days, we get together and we talk about the opponent and what we got to do and kind of what our focus is from scouting report that day. You know, what kind of pitcher are we going to see? Uh, we'll set the machine. Uh, I love hitting off the machine. So we will set the machine kind of to what we're going to see that day and get ready for that. Uh, we play at 5.30. So I try, I try to get the kids in about 45 minutes before we go stretch. So uh, 5.30, we're stretching about 4.55. Then uh, we're throwing, we're we'll taking in and out about 5.15. And then we're rocking and rolling there. So, you know, we try to get them in. We let them grab a bite to eat. So uh, come in, take their time, getting dressed, and then rock and roll on game day. But, uh, you know, every group you coach is different. Uh, these 10 seniors, I never had to doubt uh, them coming to the game ready. And mm-hmm. I doubted them making sure that their teammates weren't ready to play. Uh, they were an angry competitive group of kids and they wanted to prove their worth and every game we showed up we played uh it was their goal to show that they were they belong and that they earned you know uh, they were there they were there to earn respect and, and that was the, their focus and and the kids uh were just a tremendous group of competitors that wanted to win and I can't say enough about our seniors in 2020. And it was it was such a bad situation uh, with the COVID. Uh, mean, I understand why we had to do what we had to do. Well, we were thirteen and two uh, on pace to set the school record for uh, best record in school history, uh, yeah. as to win a region championship. Uh, we had you know we had some stiff competition down the stretch, but uh, I really liked our kids' mindset and our focus and where we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the kids competed. They competed against each other. And being in the small community, they'd grown up with each other. So they were ready to play with the boys and play on the school team and uh, do a little bit and make pickings known.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely seen that. So, and you talk about competing and then having the right mindset and things like that, too. And and you're doing the five to thrive before practice uh, and you're doing the t shirts after games. Um, Are you finding ways to do the t shirts other times besides just the one t shirt after the games? Are you doing anything?
1: Anything else? No, we uh, we're we're doing several things. We do a, a four nine challenge. Uh, Ecclesiastes four nine says two are better than one; they get a greater return for their labor. So we put kids in teams. They get uh, points for doing things like uh, attending school events. They get points for picking up trash. They get a points for you know uh, just being a good citizen. Uh, they get a points for good reports from teachers and they get uh, negative points. Uh, so if somebody on their team acts up in class, we get a negative email, then, uh, you know, they get negative points. So we hold the kids accountable there. You know, we let kids set up the field. It did, was it set up with excellence? Clean the locker room. You know, they, they have different responsibilities. And throughout this, we're, we're getting points and, and competing uh, on, you know, things outside the field. So you see a lot, you know, it was uh, – it was good because, you know, you're, you're getting blasted on social media from your team uh, mm-hmm. and you pictures where they were going to bash at Buffalo's as a team, you know. They were going to wing night here at the local restaurant. Uh, they were doing things as a team, going to uh, the basketball game and basically being in the student section with their team. So you saw a lot of growth and bonding that way. Uh, you also saw a lot of accountability amongst the teams because when somebody uh, – got in trouble, not only did it cost their team points, you know, that individual also had a, uh, we call them fun runs. You know, they had to do some calisthenics after practice and get the heart rate up a little bit, <laughs> uh, kind of, you know, give them some encouragement to behave a little bit differently in class.
0: That's right. So, uh,
1: you know, we do a lot to hold kids accountable outside of, of baseball. You know, we're, we're trying to build young men. It ain't about necessarily building baseball players. You uh, you know, not everybody in that dugout is going to be a college baseball player. Not everybody in that dugout is going to be MLB baseball player, but most likely everybody in that dugout is going to be a husband or a father, an employee. And we want to make sure those kids grow up and, and be as successful at whatever they do.
0: Mm, amen, man. Amen, that boy. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, uh, so the 4-9 challenge, do you give a t-shirt... To the weekly winner, or is it every month? Uh Do they get? T- do the when? When does the t-shirt? When does the winner kind of get happen through there? Do you uh, have... so,
1: so the winner of the four nine challenge last year uh got. We were going to take them out to eat at the restaurant of their choice, Uh Tabachi, right. and we we hadn't been able to get together because we wouldn't. We'd be violating COVID restrictions, so right. we had to pay up on that one. But we will start over. And we will run that for the season. Uh, we do let them know uh, weekly where their standings are. I have an assistant coach that kind of delegates that. And uh, we put it out weekly for them. And then at the end of the year, we'll take whatever team, team at nine or 10, and we'll take them wherever they want to go. If they want to go get bash at Buffalo's, or they want to go eat hibachi, you know, we'll take them out to eat and, and, and take them all together as a team and, and we'll pay for it. So. That's the goal for the winner of the 4-9 challenge is the, uh, the dinner as a team. And I had one of them hit me up today, like, Coach, you still haven't took us to hibachi. I was like, <laughs> you know, there's nobody's going to sit at a table of 13, you know, like we can't go and sit down at a table of 13. And uh, they got it and, and they understand, and, but they're never going to let me live it down. No, no way. I'm going to to take somebody to get hibachi too, sooner or later. Yeah. Uh, you know, Come January uh, 18th, when we pick this year's team, we'll start right over again and divide them up and start the challenge again. That's
0: great. So, yeah, so it's, it's a yearly thing. So you're going to take it through just the spring, right? Yeah. Or you take it throughout the whole year within spring and fall? No, it'll, it'll
1: be just the spring.
0: Okay. It'll be spring.
1: Uh We have a lot of kids, man, that, small town. We have a lot of kids play other sports. Yeah. So we try not to dominate their, their time during football season. Sure. And, Football, football coach is great about not dominating their time during baseball season. So uh, we're all on the same page when it comes to the weight room. We're all on the same page when it comes to academics. So it is really great. And, and even at my old school, it, it's really good when you and the football coach and the basketball coaches are all on the same page, uh, holding kids accountable, asking them to lift, you know, checking on their grades, Uh, It really does uh, create a good environment where the kids know that somebody's there, they're checking on them. And if they're struggling, we're there for them. You know, we, we make sure I've sent kids to study hall instead of the weight room. You know, I I make kids uh, go see a teacher instead of coming to practice uh, because there's nothing in the, in the Georgia uh, high school that says, you got to play baseball to graduate. You got to pass. Science and social studies and math and literature, so we gotta we gotta make sure we take care of those before we take care of the baseball.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Let <clears throat> oh, me man. talk about the hidden chart. I'm
0: trying to get there, dude. Dude, let's roll with the hidden chart, then, bro. <clears throat> let's roll with the hidden chart. I would love. So, what's up with this hidden chart? Are you got no one. My thing is like, okay, with the hidden chart, when you explain it, right? Are, is this something that you're also tracking? during practice or is it something that only comes out during the game?
1: Uh this is something the hidden chart is, is something that we do during the game. Uh so the hidden chart we measure things like getting on base, they get points for. Yeah. They get so they reach the base, they get a point, they hit a double, they get two points. Yeah. Drive in a run, they're up to three, they drive in a run, that, that's four. Right. Yeah. If they To right field, that's five. So they can get five points in one swing. Uh, So we create some competition amongst the kids with that. So we chart every at-bat. We have a a point system for uh, everything they do. Uh, There's positive and negative points. Uh, And then we show these players weekly where they are in the point system. And at the end of the week, we give away a uh, a, uh, quality at-bats T-shirt. We call it the Quab shirt. And uh, when they get it, it's theirs. They don't have to give that one away. That's earned, you know. But it really gets kids to compete against each other. And that way, when you're up in that, you know, it's five, nothing in the six, you're not giving away at bats. Kids are competing because they know that they get a point or two here. You know, that's the weekly winner. And sometimes, you know, they want to win that T-shirt, but they also want to let their buddies know they beat them that week. So they're competing against each other. They're competing against the game. They're competing against the other team, it's just another way to create competitive a competitive environment within the uh dugout. And uh, it's, it's funny, like they'll come back, somebody will hit a, a, a double or we'll like pinch run for them. Hang on, can you hear that? Yeah, oh, something in the washing machine. No, they'll create a competitive environment where they come back to the dugout and you know they'll hit a double and they'll come back in there high fiving each other. The next thing you know, you hit them back up and they're like, Man, I think I got six points on that one at bat. You know, so they're coming back and they're talking about it. Uh, and it helps them be aware, it helps them be aware of what the situation is and what they need to do and what they can do to execute, uh,
0: to not only help the team, but help themselves. Oh, yeah. You know? So it, it's just it's just a great tool. Now, will you also keep like a running total? Like so you have a total of the points, right? So like when a kid comes to the game and says, Okay, I'm at 50 points and you know, this guy's here. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to catch you today. I'm like, you better watch, you know. Yeah,
1: so we we update the uh, points after every game. And then yeah. soon as get them updated, I screenshot it and put it in the group chat so you know exactly where they are after every game. Uh, at the end of the week, we give a weekly winner, but we also keep that running total for the end of the year. That's our silver slugger. That's like our offensive MVP award. is whoever has the most points on that chart. Uh, and it's really good when you get two or three people you're down toward the end of the season and you get two or three people that's right there battling for that, that chart, those points. And they, uh, I'm embarrassed.
0: That's <laughs> all good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the thing we just got a new washing machine Our other one, we got, we got one when we got married and it went kaput not too long ago. Yeah. So they compete and uh, they know exactly where they're at. They know exactly how many points they need uh it may create a little pressure but ultimately the kids are going to want to win the game so they're mm-hmm. going to do what they got to do to win
0: yeah and
1: so they're going to go execute the situation and you know if they if they hit a double in the gap everybody wins you know they get some points and the and the team the team benefits too so it's just it's just a great thing and and look i let them know and and i i kind of go post it and I'll stir the pot you know I'll get my spoon out and I, uh, yeah. on that one PO, you know, everybody's got that PO that's having to play for you, that's hitting him and we'll point, uh, post the points and then get the spoon out and start talking about, you know, hey, little Johnny, you're going to get into positive points anytime soon. <laughs> but, you know, it makes them want to play. It makes them want to compete. And they start finding ways to score points. So the next thing you know, you're getting backside singles. Yeah. From kids that that, that traditionally pull the ball and they're – They're trying to hit backside. What do you – you know, what are you doing? I I, got to get out of negative points. I'm trying to get inside out and hit the ball over second baseman's head. You know, I'm trying to get, get you know, get out of negative points. I'm tired of people saying stuff to me.
0: That's right. So – That's right. That's that positive peer pressure too, man. That's that positive peer pressure.
1: Absolutely, man. Anytime you can just create an environment where, where kids are talking about baseball and they're talking to each other about the game, it's a good environment. 100%.
0: 100% 100% yes like so I, I have a, I've always done a quality at bat system and I, this in this this summer what was different when I I threw it out there with my quality at bat system was and I just gave it a point so I can see how you you kind of layer it where like yes it's yes. a single but if it's a single with a run so it's a single to point and then if I if it's an RBI yeah. I get more points so like I just kept it as like you get you basically hit a you know it was one through five right or you know yes. one through five uh, one, you know, if you got out, but you hit the ball hard and you had a productive at bat as a point, you know, you get on first base, really it's two points, second yeah. base, three, third base, four home run five. Let's just put it that way. Simple. Yeah. And then, so what I did to the next step was okay. Like, yeah, yeah, I had all that in the dugout. And then, so part of my lineup card was like right on the right of it was you knew your number. Like, so you could see my top four, like they were all about basically the top guys that we would have for points and the Mm -hmm. bottoms weren't, like, it was all very self-explanatory, you know, like, the top of your lineup, those guys that are productive guys that are just producing at a higher level, and you saw those guys, and and then the three guy goes, the two guy says, hey, man, I'm coming after you today, or the five guys, like, man, I'm trying to get up here, like, I'm gonna come out, like, you better watch yourself, you know, like, it's just Mm -hmm. that, that, that competition, you know, and also, I think what you just said is, the teaching of the situational guys that are just not, they don't even think about those situations and here's, I'm just going to be productive up here and I'm just going to do something productive for my team.
1: Yeah. I agree. I mean, kids, kids want to be productive. They want to help. But I tell you, as a coach, I I make my lineup off that hidden chart. I I don't make the lineup off the game changer, man. I very rarely look at the game changer and see what's going on Mm -hmm. with a hidden chart. Uh, now I use game changer to make the hidden chart, but I'm using the scorebook, the scorebook function uh to get those points. But you know, you kind of figure out like who's who's got the points for the extra base hits and then who's getting those singular points, you know, who's breaking even just because they're getting on base, and then you put that kid at the you know in the leadoff hole or you put that kid in the nine hole and get him to flip the lineup. Yep. I think uh 2019. Our nine-hole hitter was ridiculous uh, at just finding ways to get on base. Just mm-hmm. he wasn't going to get a hit. Batting average wasn't much, but uh, you know, by the book, his on-base percentage was was very above average, and he would just flip the lineup, and it got my two best hitters back up. And always best hitter second. So you know, you got your leadoff guy, and then. Uh, you bring your thumper up to hit second. So, you know, there were many times we were hitting uh the nine-hole hitter, flipped the lineup, the leadoff hitter got on base. And then next thing you know, your pressure is on the defense and the pitcher because your best hitters at the plate hitting second. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of benefits to to using that chart and uh figuring out where to put people in the lineup.
0: Well, I think what we're doing is guys are getting smart. We're like, you know, batting average doesn't tell production. Like, it just didn't tell production. You know, and the guys who really studied it and got into it, well, we needed to try to find production. Like what you were saying is, we don't have the the big bashers. We don't have the most athletic, biggest, strongest kids. So we got to find production in certain ways, and we got to find the best way to do that. And that's what I think you found in your chart. For sure, well,
1: absolutely. It's, it's kind of like a a, a poor man sabermetric system. You know, I right, right. I don't know algorithms for weighted on base percentage and all that kind of stuff and wins above replacement. I don't have that acronym. I don't have that Excel spreadsheet. So I got to do the best I can with what i got. And I think this is just a layman's terms way of figuring out who's truly helping the team and who's not.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, do you do that? So do you go back at the end of the game and give those points or is someone during the game, do you have a coach or do you have a player doing the chart?
1: So uh, none of the above. I I sit down, but when I get done, I have a kind of a sheet that I fill in and I go back through and I tally mark everything up uh, going by the game changer. If you go into game changer and pull up your scorecard,
0: it mm-hmm.
1: tells you a pitch-by-pitch pitch result of every at-bat. So I just go back in and replay that game uh, on game changer. And I do on the back of my lineup card, I do have some some things for notes like – if a kid swung at a, a bad first pitch, you know, mm-hmm. if, you know, if a kid went up there first pitch swinging at a curveball in the dirt, I will make a note of that because that's something I might not remember going through the, the game changer. Uh, if a kid popped up on a 2-0, 3-1 pitch, you know, if they hit a weak ground ball, I'll, I'll mark that down. Uh, so kid doesn't get a bunt down or, or hit, fails a hit and run, they get a failed execution, I will, I will mark that down. Uh, on on my lineup card and I will have it with me. But for the most part, you just sit down and go through the game, change your scorebook and you can do it, Uh, you know, it depends. If if it's a big game, you know, you kind of come home and do it and that's kind of part of your unwinding process and do it before you go to bed. Uh, I I have a great teaching situation. I am unbelievably blessed to be in the situation I'm in. my administration is the best administration in America, hands down. And I am I am lucky that I have a virtual teaching class first period. <laughs> and I do a lot of my baseball work in there uh, after we do the virtual work. And so we are very well taken care of uh, from the classroom standpoint with our administration. Cool. Uh, so I can get a lot of stuff done. Right.
0: So you uh, you can take it to some States. great Bye. virtual essays. Right. <clears throat> So you take that, you take the scorecard, and you take your chart into the next day's work and be able to fill yeah. it out and do those things. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So what? What do you, have you? Do you have? Um, do you do you uh, do you have kids charting? Like, do you have kids charting during the game and things like that, or you just kind of let them let them? The
1: only the only thing we ask a kid to chart, uh, our courtesy runner will chart the pitcher. Okay. So courtesy runner is in charge. They will know the cadence that the pitcher's on. They will know their time to the plate. And it's his job to communicate that back to everybody else. How many looks he's given at second base. Uh, that That's my courtesy runner's job. All right. And it's his job to communicate that back to everybody else. But, you know, we keep, uh, the coaches keep the pitching chart. I'm not a huge, like, charter during the games. Uh, right. We keep up uh, with some uh, – some game goals, and we talk about those goals before we end the night. Did we reach, you know, our our goal okay. game? But uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not a big chart guy. You know, you play baseball with your eyes. I try to watch a lot, see what's going on, pay attention to the big picture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, we want to run, and so my courtesy runner, my my number one courtesy runner, will, will communicate to everybody what's happening before they go out there on the base pass.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's great. That's great. I mean, it's just, I think you're definitely you know, giving some attention just to the, just playing the game the best you can. Like you said, being open, seeing the things that's going to happen for sure. Absolutely. So
1: you know, sometimes we make this game really hard. Mm-hmm. It, it's a uh, beautiful game. It's a simple game, but yet complicated. And like my good buddy, uh, Butch Chaffin says, "You, if you watch the game, it'll tell you everything you need to know. So, uh, I'm lucky to be around guys like him and talk to guys like him who's in our little Necton group
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and those guys uh, just pour wisdom into everybody. And we're just so lucky to have those guys and have those guys available to us, you know, whenever you need something. But as far as like sitting back and getting wrapped up in the chart, we just, I just don't do it. I try to just sit back and watch. Uh, I called, excuse me. I called every pitch this year from the dugout. I don't think I took my hands out of my pockets you know, so we keep everything incredibly, incredibly simple. Uh, it gets cold down here in Georgia. You got to be creative in what you're doing. So,
0: yeah. Uh, cold learn. down in Georgia. We're getting ready to get 16 inches up here. You're talking about getting cold in Georgia. <laughs> hey,
1: we're on a weather storm advisory. We got freezing, <laughs> freezing rain coming.
0: Freezing rain. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll take a, I'll take a picture, and send it to you tomorrow, and see yeah. what see what you got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. I'm get you. I see you. But yeah, man, I, I love the chart. I, how long? How long has this chart been coming? Has it evolved at all? Has it? Has it, has it you...
1: So this chart's been around Georgia for a long time. Like a lot of Georgia coaches use it, uh, and a lot of people still use it. But you know, it's it's what you put into it, and it's, so I've probably had access to this chart and used it since 2005, 2007. Wow. We've ne- never truly bought into publishing it after every game and putting it out there for kids to see. You know, we would put it like the kids knew it existed and we would post it every once in a while, but it never really just caught on uh, from a let's compete against each other standpoint. Like it was just always something like, oh, okay, well, they're doing this, this for them. And it's just kind of been like something we used as coaches and we just kind of kept it amongst ourselves, which was really the wrong way to do it. And so, uh, the biggest thing was just publishing it and rewarding it. You know, if the kids know what, you give them something to compete for, you know, they're gonna work toward that goal. And I think that's probably the best thing I've done is just make it available every day and then just allow the camaraderie that it creates to grow from it. Uh, The kids, if you got a competitive bunch, they'll get competitive with it. And sometimes you got to pull them off each other. they'll get competitive with each other.
0: Man.
1: That's a good thing. That's mm-hmm. what.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I agree. It's just, and it's, and it's you got it when you're pulling them off. You know, I think that's what you know, like, you know, like, cause it's easier to take it's easier to take it out of them than it is to put it in them, you know, yeah, like they didn't got it, you know, so it's nice to know, like, it's almost like the, like for me, I'm teaching like batting at, like if I know the efforts there, like, and you just, and if I got to ring you back, that's a good thing, you know? So I think it's great to know that you're, you're, you're that you're at that spot where now you got to bring it back, but yeah, yeah, publishing it. And I think, like you said, you're, you're able to now manage it. Like you've got to be able to do it after the game and it takes discipline. Mm-hmm. You want to get to your family, you want to get mm-hmm. home. Um, and yeah. for you to be able to take the time to do that and then to be able to publish it the next day and then reward it with your t-shirts. And, you know,
1: and yeah, incentivize it's big. You know, if you wait it till the end of the year uh, sometimes these. The kids and the attention spans uh, don't always see what's going to happen 30 games in the future. But, you know, they can see what's going to happen by the end of the week this week. you know, mm-hmm. if you got a doubleheader Tuesday. Uh, I mean, a single game Tuesday, doubleheader Friday, they know they better get to work. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it keeps them looking uh, through a microscope instead of looking through a microscope uh, or a telescope. Uh, I'm sorry, I went into my economics bill there. Yeah, you look through a microscope. <laughs> A telescope uh as to what you're doing for each individual game each individual at bat instead of trying to pull them back and saying well i can get hot and win this thing you know we're trying to keep everybody hot every game and that's one of the things that we do by you know publishing it and incentivizing it on a weekly basis
0: mm-hmm. yeah you'd have to create a sense of urgency for sure yeah Absolutely. Now, will you, like, you know, with all of your summer ball experience, will you take any of these things into your summer ball stuff? Like, will you chart them certain things? Are you going to, you know, will you try to incentivize certain things for the summer?
1: The, the big thing we do in the summer that, that really tends to work is we do the base two system. Okay. Yep. Uh, I, I, I don't pull this out. Uh, summer ball is is a different animal. That's probably a whole other podcast in itself. Right. Uh, w- with the summer ball kids, we use the base two system. Uh, you know, big inning. big inning, the answer back, the score first, extend the lead and score with two outs. Uh we do that and the kids seem to really respond to that. And, and it helps because they they understand the big inning and they they also want to score first. And when you play in uh in some of these summer games, you show up and you're playing some team you never heard of. But the next thing, you're on the mound. You know the kid on the mound is throwing with a little sizzle. Kind of creates a sense of urgency, like, oh man, we got to score first. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids are a little aggressive uh, with swinging the bat. Another thing we do in the summer that we also do in high school is we really stress alpha abs. We call them alpha abs. Is when we get a runner at third, we don't take strikes. Uh, if we get a runner at third, we are hacking because that runner's got to score because you don't. You're not gonna have a lot of opportunities. Uh, to get those runs in, especially seeing some of the arms we see in the summer, and then another alpha AB is uh, uh, scoring the runner from second with two outs. So we want to, we kind of want to get that two-out RBI and, and break the pitchers back, so to speak. Uh, really, kind of just take their confidence from them there and drive those runs in with with, with two outs and get that runner in. So uh, we talk about alpha ABs a lot, and we talk about uh, The base two. Yeah, you know, in the summer, you're playing 40, 50 games. You're on the road. It's just not practical to come back every day and chart.
0: Yeah.
1: You just kind of go play. And then a lot of times, you know, in our our organization, uh, we do a really good job of trying to get our kids in front of other coaches, like college coaches. And so you're playing a lot of showcase games. You're playing a lot of games on the road uh, in front of college scouts. So you're you're trying to let kids show what they got, and you're not necessarily chart. You're playing to win, but you're also playing for that kid and their future opportunities. So you kind of got a balance to balance the you know find the balance between the you know playing to win and the uh, uh, making sure these kids get moved on. Mm-hmm. In Baseball school uh, Brian Nelson is really good about getting kids into the next level. He's really good about finding where they fit, and you know we don't get a lot of Division One athletes. Uh, when we do, they're really good, but we get a lot of kids who are just good, solid ball players that are going to go contribute at Division III junior college NAIA level, and a lot of it has to do with Brian uh, finding the right fit for these kids. It's mm-hmm. a great job of of hustling for every kid in this program. Oh. Uh, if you go and look, you know, we're not. I think we've gone like. Twenty for twenty. The past five years of getting kids in school, uh, and, a, and a lot of that is Brian's uh, ability to fit a kid to the right level. So we can kind of get a kid who, you know, you find that kid that thinks they're a division one, and Brian's really good about saying, we might, "We're going to look here, <laughs> look there, and next thing you know, the kids oh, I love this school. Uh, it fits. You know, it fits with our, with, you know, with what our family can do financially." Sure a lot of stuff, uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening at Nelson Baseball School with Brian Nelson. Like I said, you know, we, we'll get the, the Georgia, Georgia Tech kid, uh, they'll come because they're blue collar, hardworking kids, but, you know, we get a lot of kids that wind up at Birmingham Southern, Berry College, you know, because we put them in places uh, that's best for them. And we have that conversation with them up front, you know, uh we have that conversation with them we ask them to bring their top 5 schools in
0: yeah.
1: and we kind of get they you know they'll come in with some overreaching expectations and we slowly pull them back say we're not looking there this is where we're going to look this guy's coming to watch you play <laughs> <laughs> and it, and, it, and it works and those kids know that Brian's hustling for them yeah. so uh, summers is just, just a whole different animal a whole different situation uh, I coach 17s. It might be different at the, at the younger levels, but uh, at 17, we're really about moving those kids on, and that's our goal is to is to help them get into school somewhere.
0: hmm Now, like you said, that's a whole other could be a whole other podcast that we get into and things like that. Right? But I know you're so much invested in that. That's why, and I and I think you do a great job with your. You know, you could just tell there's so much great ownership, and you've got it to a science. I wonder how that transitioned in the summer. Um, but I, th- I think you're right. It just, and that's just, you having a great feel like it's just, it's just a different animal. Um, yeah,
1: you know, you go out and situationally the game plays a little bit differently. Uh, you know, if we have a bracket, we're going to try to play to get in that bracket. We play a lot of round robin games. Uh, you know, we're going to go to Nashville to the music city classic and play four games. we are gonna play some amazing college facilities, but, uh, Everybody's going to play, we're going to hit 11. Uh, nobody's throwing a complete game and we're going to showcase the kids in front of the coaches, you know And there might be and it might, it might seem weird like we might play at Vanderbilt, but we're not throwing our stud at Vanderbilt because he's going to throw at the high school because college X, y, and Z is coming to watch him, whereas they can't make it to the Vanderbilt game. So a lot of it is is, is you know you got to be organized, you've got to have your ducks in a row. And You got to make sure that you're communicating all the time uh, between me, my boss Brian, and Brian with the college coaches. So Brian kind of gets them there. It's my job to sell them when when they get there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The kids got to go out there and perform and earn it.
0: Sure. Yeah. No. Definitely. A, definitely a very different animal, and that's something that uh, you know, and you've been doing that. How long? How long have you been doing that now?
1: Uh, this is my. This will be my sixth summer coaching summer of baseball. Mm-hmm. Sixth summer. Uh, and all with Nelson? All with Nelson. Uh, I, I, look, I'm 30 minutes from East Cobb, 45 minutes from Lake Point. Yeah. Uh, I have good friends that coach in other organizations. I would not work for anybody other than Brian Nelson. He lets me coach baseball. He lets yeah. me do my way. He doesn't interfere, and he trusts me to do a good job. Uh, and he knows I get the reputation of his program and what his program stands for and how his program plays. Mm-hmm. Go out and we just try to, you know, live up to the brand, make the brand uh respected and, and make people know when they're playing Nelson baseball school, they gotta compete. Uh now we we do some things. Uh we don't just sit back and let them hit. You know, we have our first and third place. Uh I, I kind of coached us into a couple ties that helped us get into the bracket in a couple <laughs> there <of> tournaments. There you <laughs> first go. First and third place. Uh we're not afraid to squeeze, you know.
0: There you but go.
1: Third safety squeeze, you know, we might just take one for the team and lay it down.
0: I mean, I got to say that. I mean, like, what – I mean, have you had those – I mean, you've, you've had to have had those conversations with college coaches that they almost – would they appreciate those things, seeing those kind of things?
1: Uh, we get – the, the feedback we get uh, from college coaches is they will always take a Nelson kid because these kids know how to play the game when they get there. You know, we have first and thirds. We have bunt defenses. We can run – we run our pick system.
0: Mm-hmm
1: uh we practice, I mean I, I, there's a lot of programs that practice a lot, uh, but we go and we practice baseball. we, we have uh, things that get us out of jams that a lot of people don't have, you know and we can we can score some runs in, in ways that a lot of people can't or won't, all right because we're not afraid to, to uh, play the game. So uh, we we do play a little bit of the inside game, probably uh, not as, as as much as other people, but you know we play a good bit. Uh, but we have to, you know, we have to. We're not again we're getting Division One kids, but you know when we go play, you know, a team across town, we're playing a team of SEC commits. Yeah. So how do we go out there and, and hang on? Is will you make these SEC commits have to play baseball? Make, to make them make decisions on drags, you know, make them cover a first and third, you know, uh make them execute a rundown. And, and sometimes you gotta give up an out to score a run.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh usually very aggressive to squeeze uh on some of these guys because you don't know where your runs are gonna come from. You gotta take them when you can get them. All right. So and sometimes you go and get blowed out 14 to nothing. It happens, I mean, but usually we come and we compete and we play hard. And that's kind of our MO As our kids hustle. Our kids play the game the right way. And we know how to run a butt defense. So that this one thing that they don't have to teach them when they get to school.
0: That's great. That's great. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure people have to appreciate those kind of things, man. You know? So dude, like here we are now. It's like, I know I, I, was, I was late to the party with the hidden charge. So is there anything else that you feel like you just gotta, you want to, you want to discuss, you want to drop something on us that just would just be,
1: would all be a little bit better for No, I mean, I I think one thing we do at at Pickens is we do a good job of of making our kids compete. Uh, I hate batting practice on the field. The days that we line up, put the L screen out there, you know, and and, uh, hit BP are very slim. Uh, But I do a lot of competing. we, We will get 45 minutes worth of swings in our indoor facility. Uh, and it will be very organized. You know, they can go in there and get 150 swings in 45 minutes. But then when we come to the field, uh, I always try to end practice with some type of game, uh, whether it's a batting practice game, whether it's a uh, execution, or whether it's a conditioning game or we're going to scrimmage. But there's always some type of uh, competition we do at the end of practice. And uh, there's a winner and there's a loser, and losers have consequences. You know, we, we don't take it easy on the loser. The loser's going to have to do a little extra cleaning, a little extra running, uh, and the winners get to sit back and watch. I mean, Augie Garrido says it best. The winners, uh, the world treats winners differently. Mm-hmm. So uh, winners and losers, and we create some situations where somebody's picking up, somebody's going to the locker room and going home. So uh, I, I really feel like we, we do a good job of creating a competitive environment at the end of practice, Uh, It's fun, the the kids uh, get to talking. Uh, There's a lot of trash talking going on. But at the same time, that trash talking builds camaraderie. You know, those kids learn to compete against each other, with each other, and for each other. So, you know, I think one thing we do well is we end practice, uh, I make sure whatever we do, we end practice on the high note and we find some way to compete there at the end. So at the uh, end of practice, kids are leaving their Excited and pumped up.
0: Yeah, you not, you're also starting practice that way too. Let's mind yeah. you. So like, it's not you know, it's, you know, you're starting practice on a high note with the five to thrive and how you've owned that first start of practice, and then we're wrapping up, finish it up, man. Like you're just sending kids off, and it's just yeah. you know, it's it, you can just tell it's amazing, amazing and what you, you guys are doing.
1: We break it down and we talk, and before uh, every kid leaves, they got to give each other a fist bump and they got to shake every coach's hand. So, you know, it's over. They're all happy. And then they come by, shake our hand, look us in the eye, tell so them, see them tomorrow. They're giving each other fist bumps. Really trying to create that family atmosphere that, that we talk about is one of our core values.
0: hmm Each is a fist bump. And give the kid and give coaches. Awesome. Awesome. Dude, this is this is amazing. And I'm sure people I have one thing. So, like, you've got all these T-shirts, and I'm wondering, like, so, like, and I, I think you touched on this and how I think that Google Form helped that with all your community members. And then you said mm-hmm. buying in with your sign sponsorships. Mm-hmm. So well, is that how you basically raise the money for all your, you know, your different t your quab T-shirt, you know, your dude T-shirt? Is that what you're doing? You kind of just budget for it and through your signs?
1: It's part of our budget. part of our fundraising, man. Uh, being in uh, one school county, uh, it's been – really, compared to where I was at, really easy to raise money. Yeah. Uh, the, the community is very good about giving and supporting the kids. Uh, I was at a school where we probably did four or five fundraisers and we do three and make just as much or more money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we, we sell, make really good money on sign sales. Uh, we did a gun raffle, made a very large amount of money on a gun raffle, which can happen up here in North Georgia in the mountains. Right. Uh, then we do a, an online fundraiser where they, you know, they send 20 emails to grandma and grandpa or aunt yeah. and on the other side of the United States and the, and the money comes in. But the, the t-shirts, uh, the quad t-shirts and the and the do t-shirts, th- there's a really good story behind that. Uh, Jason Riles at Pebble Brook High School is the graphics arts teacher and baseball coach. And Jason is one of the best baseball minds out there but he works at a uh, relatively inner city minority school. And if you order the t-shirts, he will print the t-shirts for you for 75 cents a shirt. And then every penny of that 75 cents goes right back into his baseball program. And so I order the shirts, I get them shipped to his school, he prints them for me, and then we pay uh, the, the school, or him, to print the shirts, but in reality, that money is going to fund his program. Huh. So, you know, it's a way to help our, you know, us to kind of give back to people who's not as. as What's his name? People. Jason Riles. How you
0: spell his last
1: name? R y a l s. What school is he from? Pebblebrook High School. Yeah, I'll give you his Twitter handle. Hang okay. on.
0: He said R Y A L S, right? Yeah, it's at Coach Riles. Okay, and um, so you said you buy the t shirts and then you send them to him, he prints them.
1: Yeah, I buy the t shirts and send them to him, and he prints them, and it comes out to probably less than five dollars a t shirt to get
0: printed.
1: Okay, so we're you know, I bought a t shirt, a dude shirt for every game in our program last year, every varsity game, every JV game, every eighth grade game. And, you know, it was less than $5 a shirt when it all came out. You know, I, I do the quab shirts just for the for the varsity. So, you know, there's, there's 30 shirts there. And we also had a shirt printed up for all A's, you know, the past two years. We give an incentive shirts for for good grades, and he and he takes care of my my T-shirts for me. If we go to the playoffs or we have some, you know, uh, we earn something during the season, uh, you know, I, I get my shirts from Jason. Jason takes care of me, and in return we help take care of his program. Uh, and at the same time, you know, you're giving money to help kids play ball. It's a great situation.
0: Yeah, it
1: is. But for that, you know, he's such a good dude. And he's such a good baseball mind there's always good baseball conversations that come out of, you know, a visit to see Jason. So we sure. uh, do great conversation and a good cause.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great, I'm glad that, that's, that's, that's really great to have something like that, you know? And I, I think yeah, if you're just going to give anybody their money, you might as well give it something like that. And it's going to go into someone, like you said, to grow the game.
1: Absolutely. You know, I mean, I mean, you don't have to put this on there, but if you got it printed locally, I'm sure she running like seven, eight bucks a shirt. You know, when you go to the local guy who's trying to make a dollar to pay the rent, Jason don't have no rent to pay. So, you know, he 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 does it really cheap. And I've told him, it's like, raise the price, like, charge me more. I will pay you more. Mm-hmm. It's because I know where the money's going. There's no doubt. Like, like this is going to the right cause. And I'm like, charge me more. And he never does. 75 cents a shirt. Hmm. Hmm. So I don't know because he's a government funded program. I don't know if there's limits of what he can and cannot do, but, uh, I mean, he's awesome.
0: He that is awesome.
1: And, and I probably know, I probably should let him do all the designing for me, but I, I know just enough Photoshop to make me dangerous. <laughs> I try to piddle and do it, you know, uh, what I think looks good.
0: Yeah. He
1: judges me. He just prints my shirt. So
0: uh, your teachers are great, dude. I love them. I love them. I love them, man. You know, and that's that's just that's I wanted to get in, and dive into all that, and just kind of the, the depth of all the t-shirts and where they kind of came from. And I think he just nailed it, man. It was just unbelievable. You know, like I, I think people are gonna want to see or hear more. Like, what what's the best way for people to reach out and hear and hear maybe more from Adam Williams?
1: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Williams or uh baseball Twitter page is uh baseball G A. Uh, you can email me at Williams at org. We're at pickens underscore baseball at insta- on Instagram.
0: Wow. Just some great information from Coach Adam Williams from Pickens High School in Jasper, Georgia. I love the tangible things, how he's building the culture there at Pickens. The power of the T-shirt for those people who didn't know, I didn't get that. He was talking about it, uh, he has a dude shirt that he gives out each day. And um, but the best thing, the the, the, the better thing about it, the dude shirt is, yes, the player of the game gets it, but then that guy, he has to give it to someone who will contribute to that day, who has contributed to them having being successful that day. little extra bit about them being successful, being selfless, thinking of someone else. Loved how they brought in the community members to help build the core values there at Pickens. People get invested. And then how the kids were able to create, create, he was able to create that much more buy in from everyone as it's a full community effort to think of what does it mean to be a member of the baseball team, to be a dragon in their dragon DNA. His hitting chart, again, if you haven't seen his hitting chart or you want to learn more about him, continue to please reach out to him. Uh, Twitter at Coach Williams. Email Adam Williams at Pickens, Pickens County Schools.org. Pickens underscore baseball on Instagram. His cell phone, 404 353 4688. Feel free to reach out. Uh, Coach Williams is. You know, every, I, just a little bit of time that I've not to known him. He's very helpful. He's humble. And he's in it for the right reasons. He's in here to grow this game and grow it the right way. And like you've heard in the, about the twenty eight mark, that not every one of those kids are going to play Division one baseball. We meet college baseball players, but they're going to be dads. And he's here to serve them. They're all going to be Ben in our society. And it's our job to help them become better. So, just an incredible conversation, and I can't thank Coach Williams enough. Again, if you haven't found him, if you're not following him, you should be. If you haven't talked space with him about something, you should. And, um uh, thanks a lot for the conversation. And I'm uh, very thankful I got a chance to meet you. And start this brotherhood. So, um, until next time, keep sharing, keep getting better.